0: Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them but changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. This is episode 21, Standing Your Ground. And before I get into this, as we're heading into 2018, if you're following this as I publish, I want to say thank you for all your comments, your reviews, and those who have been sending me emails. And it's really encouraging to know that this is helping you. And a lot of you say, you know what, I I was having some trouble. I listened to this podcast and it really helped. And I, I realized that I haven't said thank you. (laughs) this is episode 21 and I haven't said thank you yet so let me say thank you to all my reviewers to all my commenters and to those who send me emails now there's someone who sent me an email and you were talking about the board of directors that's all I'll say about that I did get your email I couldn't respond because the email you gave me it said it was undeliverable so if if you could just shoot me another email and I'll respond to you directly okay and if you all have any suggestions for a show or there's a topic you would like me to discuss, then go ahead and shoot me an email. It's at support at toxicpeopledetox.com. For 2018, I'm actually building up the blog and I'm building up the community. You know, it's, it's kind of bare bones right now. I want to make this more interactive and to give you all some free courses. All right. So let's get into this. In the last episode, episode 20, I talked about seven reasons why toxic people are attracted to you. And I said, one of the main factors before I even got into those seven is that toxic people will target you if they know that you are afraid of conflict. That's different from hating conflict. I hate conflict. I will do whatever I can to avoid it. But if it comes, I will meet you head on. And if a toxic person or just people in general, if they know that about you, they're less likely to target you because they want what they want with as little fanfare as possible. If they know that you will stand up to them, they'll go to find greener pastures. And one of the things I talked about was my professor, and I've told this story several times in previous episodes, was when I was in graduate school, one of my professors asked me to go get her laundry. And I said, no, I'm not doing that, that's unethical. You are blurring the lines between professionalism and your personal life. And yes, she got upset. She was irate. Now I don't have any evidence to back this up, but I'm willing to bet I'm not the first student she's ever asked to do something like that, but I'm the first one who's ever said no. Sometimes when you stand up to someone and you say no, the person might just say, okay, fine. Then they'll go somewhere else. But in this situation, she, she tested me and some people will do that. And you have to understand it can go down two ways. It will either become a battle of will or a battle of ego. For in my situation, that was a battle of will. A battle of ego occurs when two people are emotionally compromised and it's like a battle of ego has no winner. Two people are emotionally compromised. One is going at the other and nothing gets done and both lose. Whereas a battle of will occurs when at least one person is being rational. They can see the forest for the trees. So if someone is pushing their boundaries with you, then be prepared to stand your ground, but also do it so you are objective and rational because the minute you lose your objectivity, it becomes a battle of ego. Now there are three rules. And the first one is what I call the golden rule of dealing with people like this. And that is people will treat you to the extent you allow them. If people are treating you a certain way, it's because you are allowing them, right? You might even be doing it subconsciously, but number two is you allow them because there is a lack of self-respect or self-worth. Let's be honest. Look, I was that person. I was that person that everybody walked over. And if I had to be honest, it's because I didn't really, I had low self-esteem. I didn't like myself. So if you don't respect yourself, how do you expect anyone else to? And then number three people will think what they want to think about you. Students do teacher evaluations at the end of every semester. It's amazing, I can teach one class. I'm doing the same thing for all students, but yet when I read their comments, it's like, it's it's such a range of comments. You have the two extremes where one's like, best professor ever, and then you have the other extreme, like, God, this is the worst professor. How in the world did she get that job? And then, of course, I get those in the middle that just say, "Yeah, you know, it's a class, whatever." You know, when I read those comments about worst professor ever, I'm looking at this and said, "I bet I know who this is." (laughs) And a student will say, "Well, does it bother you when they say stuff like that?" I said, "Not at all, because you're free to think whatever it is you want to think about me. If you think I'm a great professor, okay. If you think I'm a terrible professor, okay." Because uh, let's be honest, the ones who leave the terrible comments are the ones who are failing. The ones who leave the good comments are the ones who are passing, generally speaking. But I said, look, you have the right to think whatever you want to think about me. I'm not going to police your thoughts because what you think doesn't change me. I did my due diligence. That's all I can do. If you think it was a bad effort, okay, well, at least tell me what I did wrong. Give me some constructive feedback. And they never do. So when it comes to standing your ground, going back to that example of my professor and myself, you're acknowledging That other people have wants and needs, but you are also able to acknowledge and articulate your own needs and wants. With my professor, I acknowledge that she needs to go to the laundry and get her clothes. Okay, she needs to do that. But I'm not the one who needs to do it. That's all that was. Now I make an exception in a situation like that. What if like, let's say she were in the hospital and she needed to get stuff done. Then all of us got together to do some, you know, to do some chores for her. And now that is acceptable. I would have done that, but I'm not talking about emergencies. I'm talking about your everyday interactions. Now, when I stand my ground, I'm not seeking conflict. That's not the point of me doing that, but I understand that conflict can come. Just like with my professor and myself, there's some situations where someone either stood up to me or I stood up to them and that was it. I was like, okay, fine. But even though my professor was irate about what I did, she never asked me to do that again. So take that for what you will. Here's some quick tips. I I have seven tips here that you can chew on. Number one is to acknowledge that your thoughts and feelings matter. Because I said before, people will treat you to the extent you allow them. If you don't respect yourself, no one else will. Isn't it interesting how we're able to pick that up on other people? If they don't like themselves or respect themselves, we can kind of sense that. You know, I talked about being a church volunteer and they put my name on a list to teach Sunday school and I said, I'm not doing that because you volunteered me. You put my name on a list without asking me. All you had to do was ask me. I probably would have said yes. I don't think there was anything malicious about what they did. And okay, understand. I'm not saying they were toxic. I'm not saying they were malicious. But sometimes people can step over your boundaries without realizing it. And all I did was say, no, next time you ask me to do something. And that never came up again. Okay. Number two, don't apologize for things that don't require an apology. If you stand up for yourself, sometimes people will act offended. They'll play the victim and they'll turn it back on you. And then you feel bad telemarketers do this quite well. I had someone call me. <laughs> I don't know what they were. It was like some telephone company or whatnot. They know how to overcome objections. And they'll say, is there any reason why you don't want to do this? Because they're turning it back on you. And my response to that is none that I care to explain or none that requires me to explain anything to you. That's very simple. What that does is they turn it back on you and you're like, oh no, I don't have a reason. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I'll I'll go along with it. No, I'm I'm not apologizing for this. That doesn't require an apology. It doesn't require an explanation. You're not required to explain everything to everyone. Number three, believe you deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. As I've said, we human beings have an uncanny ability to pick up on someone else's insecurities. We can tell if someone doesn't respect themselves, it's just something in their body language. And if you don't think you deserve respect and dignity, if you believe that you don't deserve it, then people can pick up on that and more unscrupulous individuals will try to take advantage of it. Number four, accept that you can control your behavior, not anyone else's. That's the tagline. Toxic people is not about changing them, but changing how you respond to them. One question that someone sent me, is that what can I do to make this toxic person see that I'm on her side, that I'm on his side? And I said, I get what you're saying. I've been there. The problem is you're saying that it's something you can do. All you can do is tell them, I love you. I'm on your side. That's all you can do, but you can't make them change. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but it's outside of our control. I've said about the self-righteous, you know, when I talked about toxic people profiles, the episode when I talked about the self-righteous, and I said, sometimes they are right. They're making a good point and they're actually right about something, but they go about it the wrong way. They're trying to cajole people. They're trying to shame them into submission, control them, uh, strong arm them into submission. And that doesn't work because people will rebel even if they know better. And I gave the example as a, Hey, you need to lay off the sweets. You should know better. How dare you? And blah, blah, blah. And that person might sit up there and eat a bag of Doritos in front of you just to spite you. All right, express anger and dissatisfaction in a polite and productive way. Number five, when I talked about healing the hurt, when the damage has been done and all you want to do is just move on. One of the first things I talked about was dealing with anger. And the fact is, it's fine to express anger. Anger is natural. We live in a society that says, no, don't express your anger. Keep that ball up inside. No. Now expressing anger by going out and hurting people. No, that's not okay. But there is a way to do that. And I talked about writing writing that person a letter, not sending it to them, but writing it, saying whatever you need to say, curse all you want, drop F-bombs to your heart's content, whatever you need to do to get that out of your system. And then even seeing a professional to help you through that. All right. So number six, know your limitations and accept that you don't have to bend them for other people. Now, here's what that means. I'm an introvert. And if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, I'm what's called an INTP. We are not exactly the most emotionally available type people out there. In fact, I, at the beginning of this episode, I said, you know what? I never said thank you to all of you. We tend to be very cerebral and we're not really (laughs) that much in touch with our feelings, much to the chagrin of my family. And they even say, Shayla, every time I ask you how you're doing, you say, I'm fine but that was a simple question. You want me to elaborate? Okay. I'll I'll do it. I had to say so, but see, we're not really in touch with our feelings. And I recognize that about myself. And I said, someone like me would be ill fitted to be in a situation where I'm required to give emotional support. Now I'm not a robot. I'm a human being, but tapping into other people's emotions, feeling what they're feeling and expressing my emotions. It's something I can learn how to do. In fact, I'm, I'm a lot better now than I was say 10 years ago, but Yeah, I accept that about myself. So recognize your limitations. What is it about your personality? What is it about you that maybe not be up to snuff? Because let's face it, we're all human. There may be some situations you may not be equipped to handle. All right. And then the last one, accept that it is not possible to please everyone all the time and make peace with it. Going back to teacher evaluations, my first year teaching, and I was going all out. I was doing everything I can to try to please everyone. And I think they picked up on that too. And so that's actually the year that I got the worst evaluations, believe it or not. Instead of sticking to my guns and doing what I believe was in the best interest of the students, I was trying to please everyone. And I ended up pleasing no one. You've heard that before. When you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. So yes, you are going to make someone angry. If you try standing your ground, People are going to say that you're arrogant, you're pushy or whatnot. They're going to think that regardless, no matter how tactful, no matter how diplomatic you approach it, give yourself permission to not police people's thoughts. Give yourself permission to not control people. No matter how much you don't like that behavior, I can't control your behavior. Give yourself permission, or or should I do it for you? It's like, look, I give you permission to not have to police people's thoughts. I give you permission to not have to control people. You can influence them, tell them how much they mean to you, but for them to change, you have to leave that up to them. Okay? So that's my whole spiel about standing up for yourself. Remember, people will treat you to the extent you allow them. You allow them because there's a lack of self-respect and people will think whatever they want to think about you. So there's a chance that some of these might've resonated with you more so than others. Standing up for yourself is healthy. You are not serving anyone, By kowtowing to every single demand. Let me go back to my professor. She asked me that because she did not respect me. It's as simple as that. However, once I stood my ground, she never asked me to do that. Something like that again, because she respected me now. You may be afraid of the conflict, but sometimes it's necessary to get that respect. And yet people might not respect you regardless, but it doesn't matter. You stood your ground. Chances are they'll go find someone else that they can run over because they can't run over you that's the beauty of this whole thing. Okay. So the first part of the battle is giving people permission to do whatever it is they do or, or think whatever they they think. If you can make peace with that, you're good. That's half the battle. The rest of the battle is just being confident in yourself. Standing your ground is healthy and it's a way of taking control of your life in a way that's positive and self-affirming. And it allows you to be the best version of yourself without sacrificing your needs. Okay. So until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the ToxicPeopleDetox.com Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.